0: The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays 9 a.m. till midday. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance.
1: Well, as always, Brian Hershin is in the studio. He's brought a bit of sunshine there. And uh, I must say, Judy, the point you're making around the differences in responses, that's where the big challenges ri- lie, right? The fact that we're not seeing any kind of changes. And and Brian, you know, one's heart really just has to go out to the families who continuously find themselves as victims. KZN has been through so much. And I really wonder how, as a province, uh, you know, economically, an area like that is, is going to um, survive all of these different storms because government certainly doesn't have enough budget to to provide the buffer that is needed to to restore and, and repair and support.
2: Cathy, it's like everything. At that moment in time, everyone's focus is on the problem. Mm. But a day, two, three days later, four days later, it's left to the individuals who have suffered. And it's for them to find their way out of it without very little help from officials. We see that all around the country. In all I mean, you, you know, you have the most biggest tragedy. A plane goes down. It's headlines for days. All, all all, is left at the end of the day are those people who've lost loved ones and they have to cope with it. And that is the problem. We don't physically take the problem and say, put it on the drawing board. What do we need to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen in the UK over the years, particularly December, January, enormous floods. But over the years, they've done something about it to try and prevent those floods and make it a lot better. But as the one caller said, making it better is fine. Making it, Everyone feels empathetic. And everyone being concerned, and funds being raised, and and, and maybe blankets being, uh, being, being um, donated. But when you let, then the end of the day, you left two or three weeks later on your mm-hmm. own, having to do your own thing. And really, that's when the community is not able. People have got their own problems. People get back to their own lives. Mm-hmm. So unless it is dealt with. At provincial level, unless it's dealt, we c- problems of this are going to continue. Yeah, throughout the country.
1: You know, as you're talking, Brian, you're reminding me of what we saw in Mamilodi. I think it was about three years back. There were floods uh, that had hit Gauteng, and Mamilodi was affected. They relocated the residents to a community hall, and those it was supposed to be just a measure for a week. But the residents ended up staying there for about a year and a half, and nothing was being done. You know, they were continuously being called uh, calling on on government to, to do something they were being supported by one of the local churches there and it became such a huge strain even on that church because this is something that was supposed to be just an interim measure but yeah so these these are really some of Kathy, the challenges just yeah. to add
2: one thing yeah. four and a half million people have left Ukraine they've been taken in by neighboring countries they've been mm-hmm. given support they've been given shelter they've been given food. What's going to happen to those four and a half million people in two months' time when the war does end? There's no homes to go to. You look at the de- devastation. So it's not just a South African problem. It's a global problem. It's about caring for people for the, in the long term. And the only people that can care for people in the long term are government. The taxes they get, they collect, and what they do with those taxes and how they make people's lives that much better.
1: Mm. Well, let's get into our topic of the day, Brian. It feels a bit weird in the midst of this devastation talking about emotions. Well, our emotions are very high today, uh, but we're talking about keeping emotions out of investment decisions and uh, why are emotions such a big thing where investing is concerned?
2: Because money is very important to people. Investment is about money Mm -hmm. and if you're making money you're feeling good and if you're losing money you're feeling bad and it's often the emotions particularly enter into the field when you're losing money. Hard money that you've invested and all of a sudden those investments are not achieving. You know there are two components to any investment strategy. The first is the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the industry and the fundamentals of the company. Mm. From the top down, What, where are the industries I should be investing in? And then bottom up, which are the companies... In those industries, should I be investing? I'll give you a perfect example, not to use it in any in any format. But you can look say, I want to be invested in banking because banking interest rates are going up. Banks are going to be making more money. Mm-hmm. Then a bottom-up approach you say, well, which bank do I want to be invested in? Do I want to buy shares in Capitec, APSA, First Rand, Standard Bank, bank, mm-hmm. or, or investing? Do I want to buy? So that's a bottom-up approach. So when it comes to investing, there's the fundamental, the performance of the company. But when it comes to money, you've got to, people don't divorce the emotions. I will tell someone that this investment you're making, you're 45 years old, you're telling me you're retiring at age 60, that's 15 years time. This is the strategy for you. We, we want to adopt a growth strategy for you so that you build your capital and most important, you beat inflation. Mm-hmm. Inflation in South Africa, by the way, is not as big a problem at the moment as inflation is globally. I mean, we've got new stats coming out in America today. It'll probably be the highest inflation they've had for over 40 years. UK inflation, European. We seem to have a little bit in, 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 a little bit in check. It's not as serious as that. Uh, we've had wonderful money coming in uh, through our, the buying of our commodities. However, what I'm trying to say, so I have this client 15 years' time. He phones me nine months later and says the investments aren't doing very well. So I said, you're nine months into a 180-month program. (laughs) Understand markets go up and markets go down. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, not many people can tell you that they write right 49 out of 50 times. And only the 50th time is because the market's down at the moment. But all 49 times that I've been talking about this over the last 56 years, markets have always reached new highs. But during those times, they've had dips. But this is the 50th time, and I'm sure again it'll reach a new high in the months to come. So, 50 out of 50 times when I've said, stay in markets, I'm right. But people get emotional. I'm down, and should I make different investment decisions? Then they say, but you as a financial advisor, you as an investment advisor, surely you know about these things. Well, who knew about COVID two years ago? Who knew about that that Russia would invade Ukraine? Uh, Who knew about all these things, you know? So, one's got to understand that even investment advisors in the short term are not going to get it wrong. Um, Right, they're they're going to make investments based on long-term strategies. And I'm talking this morning to people who are looking looking at growth assets, looking for the long term, to beat inflation. I mean, inflation is rising all the time. If you look what's happened, we've got a higher oil price, we've got Food prices going up. We've got interest rates up three-quarters of percent already this year with a likelihood of another three-quarters of percent, which means everyone who's got debt is going to be paying a, a lot more. We've got, the, we've got the, 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 the conflict in Russia. All these things are, are sort of hanging there. But, right. uh, but they will pass.
1: I want us to continue with uh what the, the rest of what you have on your list in terms of uh you know separating emotions from investment. But I also have Lungelo who's on the line from Cape Town. Now Lungelo is stealing a couple of minutes from work because he wanted just to quickly chat with you. Uh let me quickly go to him because I see we've also got a break coming up. Lungelo, good morning.
0: Good morning, Kathy, and how are you this morning?
1: I'm well, thank you. So you're skipping work just so you can talk to Brian. Let's get to it very quickly then.
0: Lugela, I don't <laughs>
2: think I've ever had anyone bank school or work to talk to me. It's so always a first. I uh, always like
1: firsts. <laughs> um,
0: I'm, I'm going to throw you out of the topic, uh, Brian. What I just wanted to ask you, I've been getting numerous calls from these people. They call themselves... Uh, um, debt counsellors, so um, they talk about reducing your instalment and then when I ask you about that um, um, my term of payment is going to be longer, they say no, 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 no it will stay the same, so I just wanted to find out from you um, what's the implication of um, of um, um, joining them and and so on
2: Okay, the big advantage of being in debt counselling is that you put a hold on anyone suing you for any outstanding debts. You know, as the debt counsellor negotiates with all your creditors, these are the people you owe money to, to get a moratorium and to come to terms with them to make sure that it fits in with your budget. Uh, are you at the moment in financial difficulty?
0: No, 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 no. Um, I'm managing
2: at the moment. So why? So so let me so let me not call it debt counselling. Then they may be talking about debt origination, where maybe they feel they can lower your debts because you, some of the debt you may have may be at high interest rates, as compared to some of the debt they're able to achieve at lower interest rates. Is that your problem?
0: That's what they normally say. They talk about that. The bank might might have charged me a, a higher interest. So. They will go and negotiate on my behalf.
2: Yes, look, there, there are companies that are doing that. You know, they. they but how do they? How would they've picked up from your <coughs> records what you're paying and what you owe? Mm,
0: they just call randomly, and then they will want my um, ID number, which I always refuse, and um, then they will tell me that they will just punch in. I don't know. I'm. I'm we are all registered under NCR and so on, then they will pick up what I'm paying and they can negotiate certain interest on certain uh, um, creditors.
1: Sorry to come in there. Brian, Lungelo, I've got a break coming up. Let me quickly go to the break. I think we'll finalize just after the break and then we'll continue with the rest of uh, our topic. I haven't had power in three days. We're trying,
2: ma'am. Maybe get a generator. from money right now? Ma'am, if you had
0: a NetBank Just Invest account, you'd get up to 4.75% interest and access to your funds in 24 hours. Seriously? Seriously. Perfect for emergencies like this. Do you want a bank that takes your money or a bank that takes your money seriously? Open a NetBank Just Invest account on the money app today. See money differently. NetBank. We're a licensed FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, Weekdays 9am till midday.
1: We continue the conversation talking finance with Brian Hirsch this morning. And the focus of our topic is keeping emotions out of investment decisions. We've derailed a little bit to do Lungelo a favor. He called in saying that he's at work, wants to quickly answer a question before he has to leave again. Lungelo, your tea break is a lot longer than uh, you probably told your colleagues it would be. Uh, But yes, Brian is still on the line. I saw there Lungelo.
0: Yeah, yes I'm okay.
2: Sure. okay, so so Lengela, let me say this to you and I'm answering this question not only based on the question you asked me. I'm answering this question for many of our listeners who might fi- might find themselves in debt. If you get a call from someone saying they can help you, firstly, where did they get your name from? There's no central data basically that gives, that tells anyone, and they have no right under Poppy to actually get that information but if you are in need indeed in need of help then if you get such a call firstly Check out on who you're dealing with. Don't give any information to anyone. Check out on who you're dealing with. Where are they coming from? Are they a reputable company? And in your case, it may have been a very reputable company canvassing for business. Maybe you are in debt. But there are a lot of people, and I've said this before in a previous program, who are paying a lot more interest on the debt than maybe they could they, Maybe they could consolidate their debt a little bit better. But you need to talk to an expert on that. A debt consultant will help you. Remember, they don't do it for nothing. There are fees you need to take into account. So very soon. But if you're not in debt and you can negotiate sli- interest rates slightly better, at the moment, difficult to because interest rates are rising. But if you can negotiate, I've always said, use if you've got an access bond, use your bond, but don't extend the bond for a further for a longer term. Just make sure that the debt, that what you're paying off at a higher rate of interest, you're now paying off at a lower rate of interest and try and pay it off even quicker. Hope that helps you, Langella.
0: Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Brian. And thank you, (laughs) Cathy. They call you DJ Cathy, eh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only on Fridays, Lungelo. Only, only on Fridays between 11 and 12 do I accept the name DJ Cathy. <laughs> all right, Lungelo, all the best uh, with the rest of your work day. Uh, so, Brian, let's get back to our list yeah. if we can. We can do that for the rest of uh, the half hour, and then yeah. we'll take more of people's calls on zero double one seven one four two double zero six 714 2006 on the other side of the 10.30 headlines.
2: Yeah, I'll just go back to COVID. Those who, those who stayed around when COVID first hit, um, have done exceptionally well. They've they've doubled their money from mm-hmm. the COVID days. Those who sold actually realised a loss, and they sold because of fear, and that is an emotion. So you've got to understand what your long-term strategy is, and you've got to stick to that strategy. I mean, when it comes to investment decisions, of, often you know we I always say emotions guide you, but let me say this to you. I think financial advisors are a little bit lax in this area, and that's because they govern by phase. They're often scared to give investors the wrong advice for fear of being accused of giving inappropriate advice, and they stand then to have claims made against them. The, the Financial Service Board has made it very difficult. I'm, I liken this too. a good general will take you where you want to be. So when you tell the client, this is where I want to be, where I should be, a great general takes you where you ought to be. So I'm saying to this this individual who has invested in me, he had an 18 month um, time horizon, 18, 15 year time horizon, 180 months. He came to me after nine months. I've taken him where he ought to be because I know that over that period he's got to be in growth assets. I know he's got to be diversified between onshore and offshore. He's not feeling that because the rand's got stronger, the markets are down. He's feeling that maybe this I've given him the wrong advice. Nine months, it's. He's given me a strategy for 15 years, so I'm taking him where he ought to be. He's got a ride out every market rise, there's been a market fall, however. Every market fall has been and When I talk about market falls, everyone who's got in a pension or province fund, your funds are invested in the market. If you've got a unit trust, a satrix, you're in the market. If you've got endowment policy or retirement annuities, you are in the market because these fund managers are investing in the market with a percentage. So there's always market and staying out of that emotion and allowing your strategy. Uh, mm-hmm. Investing for growth is, by the way, I've always said, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And if you're not looking in the short, if you're looking at the short term, you can't be in growth assets. Growth assets are far too volatile. So while no one can predict what's going to happen in the next month or three, markets are a lot cheaper than what they were four months ago. And the RAND is a lot stronger. A lot of opportunity. These are not times to di- divest, and disinvest and to start getting emotional. Unless you need the funds for emergencies, different story. If you, if you It's purely because you're nervous, Forget about it, park it, and mm. stay invested.
1: Brian, I'm, I'm also thinking about the ways in which we view what investment is, right? So oftentimes, you know, when you think about pensions, they're locked away somewhere. So we, we actually, they, they're inaccessible to us on a day-to-day basis, right? And again, not everybody is going to put money into stock markets, etc. So what else counts as investment and Um, where a topic like what we're discussing would also be applicable.
2: Okay, you talk about asset classes, that's what you talk about. One thing is equities, then you talk about property, then you talk alternatives, which can include hedge funds, you talk about government bonds, and then you talk about money, money market instruments. So there's different investments. Now, at the moment, when interest rates are rising, bonds are not a place to be. Property in South Africa is struggling because of what's happened during COVID. And so there's so much empty space. You just drive around and you see empty space. Now, those landlords, those owners still have to pay rates and taxes and all the costs. They're collecting a little bit less. So that's a difficult one. Cash is paying very little, small amounts of money. But for those investing in the short term, looking for income, cash and government bonds are replaced to be and then lastly you've got property and equities as growth assets so companies are doing well companies are still doing well and if you want to, to be invested in companies for the long term then you're going to buy equities but in your pension fund depending on your lifestyle life stage because some pension funds what they do is for younger people they have 60 to 70 percent of the portfolio in equities and as you get closer to retirement they downweight that to 30 or 40 percent they do it for you mm-hmm. when you're buying stable funds when you're buying balanced funds or when you're buying growth funds growth is full equity balance has got a combination of all the things you've talked to- we've spoken about mm-hmm. and stable is even less maybe only 25 30 percent equity so those are the different strategies that you can adopt
1: all right We're going to continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. Freedom Month
0: on SAFN. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance.
1: We continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. I'll be taking your calls on zero double one seven one four two double zero six on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, and on Twitter at SFM Radio. The hashtag there SFM Talking Point. You know, Brian, you were talking about the issue of property earlier uh, as being part of that investment. Uh, that asset class that we're talking about and i'm just thinking about the kind of home improvements that people have been involved in especially under COVID 19 right and people have been like investing in their properties renovating this and that and whatever at which point again going back to emotions are you doing too much and must you be aware of the fact that you might never get the value of what you're putting into that house?
2: Well, the, the most important thing is don't overcapitalize, But let's uh, let's differentiate between your primary residence mm-hmm. or a lifestyle asset versus an investment asset being an investment property. Very big difference. Mm-hmm. Your home is where you are. I call that a lifestyle asset. I don't look at that as part of your assets because you're going to have to live somewhere someday. And if you overcapitalize on it, ultimately when you sell, you're not going to realise... What you, sh- what you could have realised if had you not overcapitalized. but investment property is where you are not ge- it's not your home it's where you're investing for a return and the returns uh, uh, up to four years ago were superb people getting 8-9% returns and getting 20% capital appreciation but after COVID and just before COVID property prices have come down and I'm also saying they may be now at the lower level and the th- things may be getting better because everything has now happened companies have re-looked at their books and particularly look internationally, a lot of companies have sold properties that are unprofitable uh, and here in South Africa. But it's certainly part and parcel of a, your asset allocation. But don't try and do it yourself. If you're going to make those investments, go through a fund where the fund manager will determine when's the time to get into property. I'm looking at fund managers and there's 1,600. I don't look at 1,600 but I look at maybe 15 fund managers. Their exposure to property is the lowest it's ever been. So they're not seeing yet great value in property. And when people are buying investment properties, this is a great market to be buying in because you can make ludicrous offers. But you do need to do all your calculations. What are your bond costs going to be? What are the costs of running that property? What rent can you get? Because interest rates are going up. So don't think your bond rates are going to stay like this. But property is certainly the cornerstone of a uh, a portfolio. But it may not be that cornerstone at the moment.
1: Let me go to East London. Bongani, good morning.
0: Hi, this is Casey. How are you? I'm
1: well, thank you, Bongani. Go for it.
0: Uh, okay, I'll just shoot straight. Um, I've been listening to a lot of entrepreneurs, like globally, and there's this thing of investing in gold. Um, I'm not sure. I just tuned in. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what's what's, what's um, what are you guys talking about currently, but uh, I want to invest in gold as well, so... Is there any advice that the doctor can 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 give you, us?
1: You, you, you know you know Pongani. I I I wished um, I had invested in gold pre COVID nineteen because. When you see how strong as a commodity gold has been looking over the last two years, it's, it's been phenomenal. But, yeah, so it's not a bad question at all, Brian.
2: Well, gold is, is part of the alternative part of your investment. I spoke about equities. I spoke about property. I spoke about alternatives, hedge funds, gold. Let me make this comment. Although the gold price is, is at a, over 1900 Dollars. Remember, the rand's at 14.50. If you, if to an American, gold price has gone up because a dollar is a dollar. But to a South African, the actual value of gold has dropped because the rand is strengthened. So there's always correlation between the gold price and rands. People who bought Kruger rands over the years have done exceptionally well. I go back to the years, going back to the 70s, when you had to queue up to buy. You had to put your name down at the bank, and you were lucky every six months to get a a, a Kruger rand. Here I mean, Krugerrands are more tradable. Gold is certainly. Gold shares have an enormous amount of, of uh, at the moment, they've had a good run, but there's a lot of volatility there because here you're having to bring the gold out of the ground. You've got labor. You've got a whole lot of other factors that affect the gold price. So if I was going to buy gold and not for dividends, if I was going to buy gold purely to hold some gold, I certainly personally would be looking at a Rands.
0: Oh all right and then um uh, another question man if if i do if i do buy the gold am i am i buying the real gold like uh, the the mineral or am I just buying numbers? Uh, like like they
2: do Am I no you 're buying you 're an ounce of gold, you can buy half an ounce you can buy quarters you 're actually buying you actually buying gold look the share market <laughs> the gold prices in the share market have had an exceptionally good run uh, because our gold price has been higher, and they 're getting a lot more for their gold remember remember the. Their price is based on dollars, so they're buying in dollars. Uh, It's costing them more because the rand is stronger. But I think a small percentage, I don't think a big percentage, maybe 5% in your portfolio doesn't represent a fortune, could represent gold. It's been a store of value going back centuries. I mean, I think about it, if you look at the Bible, the the only only commodity the Bible talks about is gold. It doesn't talk about the dollar, euro, yen, rand, or any of the other
0: currencies. All right, uh, there's a, a last one maybe for anyone who can answer. Is there any place here in this land where I can go so that I can just get more clarity on how can I? Because because I've, I've been I've been searching the internet for since last year, but the the, 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 the the people that I'm getting I don't trust. I don't even know how to know who's 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 treating this thing. Look,
2: I can visit. Look, I can't comment. I will tell you that the gold exchange, the gold uh, gold exchange, has been around for many years. I know they've got branches. I'm not sure how many branches they've got and where the branches are. But you should make contact with them. Look, I'm not giving a recommendation because I don't know them. I've never done any evaluation on the balance sheet. But as long as you're holding the gold and it is it is confirmed as uh, what you think you're buying and it is actually that, uh, you you're doing trading. So uh, look at look up the gold. exchange change okay
1: and th- th- thanks for that question Bongani. and uh, brian is that the way that people invest in gold so you physically you you're physically buying the gold
2: well globe global investors actually buy globe go, gold we can't actually go and buy gold in gods we have to buy either you're going to go into the share market and buy no? the share yes. with all its pluses and all its minuses or you're going to buy gold and i think krugerrands are a good way to buy gold
1: Okay, all right then. Uh, Let me do this. Let me. Looking at the time. Okay, let's take a break and then we'll continue, Brian, because I know we won't have enough time for our caller to finish his question and your answer. So we'll take a quick break. I'm back with Namani.
0: Kathimo Sasana on SAFM. All
1: right, we continue talking finance with Brian Hirsch. Let me quickly take Namani in Langaband. Namani, good morning.
0: Good morning. But N-
1: I'm Na- happy Na- N- N- I'm going to ask you to move around a bit for me because your sound isn't great. Um, I don't know, the, the connection isn't great.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes, Katie, that's can much you hear better.
1: Much yeah. better,
0: yeah. Okay. Brian Liketty, good morning. Brian, yeah. please help me. I have funds that I want to, in, to invest or save for emergency fund. My bond is settled. I don't have a bond. My TFSA is maxed. Brian, which vehicle can I use for emergency fund, Brian? Thank you. I will listen on the radio unless there is a question for me, Brian.
2: Okay. When you use the word emergency fund, it tells me you want to have money available at immediately. And any immediate Definitely. money cannot afford to be invested in any growth assets. Everything I've spoken about this morning regarding the properties and equities and alternatives, yes. you can't afford to do that the 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 alternatives are um when you need emergency money. I mean, you're talking three months, six months, even one month. You've got to stay in money market funds. You've got to stay with your bank in, in money market funds. You can shop around. Uh, I know, and again, I haven't I haven't evaluated the policy. I'm handling money for a client at the moment. He's getting about 4, 4.1%. He told me, phoned me today and said he get 1.9% more from the Discovery in exactly the safe. Discovery is a safe bank to invest in. So I haven't looked at it. I haven't evaluated. But he said he can get 1.9. So you've got to shop around. He shopped around and he said, "What, what do I think?" I said, "Well, from what the, doc- the documentation you sent me, it looks about uh, all above board." But I did think he. I think he said to me, "It's a minimum of one year. One year is not emergency money. One year is a lot longer because emergency money you're virtually saying I need to keep it under my mattress. Therefore, I'm saying to you simply, you've got to put it in money market accounts with banks where there's no risk attached at all. Don't put too much there. Put enough there that." Maybe you may need over a six-month period. The balance of your money You can be a little bit more uh, growth-orientated and maybe look at some alternatives.
1: Thank you, Brian. Thank
2: you very much. All bye right. Bye. Thanks for Sorry that
1: question, Namani. Uh, Brian, I think I'm going to take one more question. Um, is it possible to negotiate reducing mortgage installment uh, payment on mortgage in light of the rising repo rate?
2: Yeah, you know, Cathy and I were talking about with rising repo rate. I mean, I'm, forgive me, Cathy, for being so close to the to the microphone. I didn't realize. When I get excited, I, I move <laughs> around a lot. Um, yeah, you know, the repo rate up three quarters of a percent, likely to be up another three quarters to one and a half percent in the next 18 months, which means it's going to be a lot higher. Repo rate's four and a quarter at the moment. Prime is seven and three quarters. So any rate you're getting round about seven and three quarters you, you, you may be doing reasonably well. If you're a prime customer, a customer with assets, and it doesn't mean you have to be a billionaire or anything like that. But a customer earns good earns good money, uh, has a good budget, doesn't have a lot of expense. You certainly can go to your bank. People are able to negotiate anything between half to three and a quarter percent, three quarter percent below prime. If you're less than that prime customer, you're probably going to pay more. So you are able to negotiate with your bank, but you need to give them a lot of information why you feel you prime. Why are they not? Don't have any risk with you. Uh, you've got a home worth 2000000 million. You've got a bond of $500,000. you have got a good job. You cover your bond six, seven times from your earnings. You don't have much more debt. You, as you said, you don't have a bond. Then you can maybe negotiate a little bit with um, your, your bank. If you're going to change your bond from one bank to another, there are bank cancellation fees and there are also maybe new bond fees. You need to look at all those external costs, which are not just monthly costs.
1: All right. Fantastic. Thanks for that advice, Brian. And what I'm going to do is that with the voice notes that we have that we haven't had a chance to get to, I'm going to forward those to you, okay? And then you can just listen to what our listeners are asking, and we can deal with some of those questions next week.
2: Okay, and then just give me your address, Kathy, where I send the speeding ticket to (laughs) on my way home.
1: And I forgot (laughs) your donuts, by the way. I, d- I don't have anything on oh, us yes. for you. In, in I Cape don't town. even have coffee, let alone tea. I've got nothing for you. They had a banquet for me in Cape this, Town this last is, week. This really? is a relationship that is not benefiting you in, in any no, way. No, going back it's to It's benefiting town. me more than it's benefiting <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, Brian, contact details:
2: 011 880 I have one big request. Last week, of 15 calls, nine people never left where they were calling from. I called them back, I couldn't get through or they, they, uh, I left messages and I wasn't able to pass your number on to someone in your region. Please, critical phone number... Question: Where are you phoning from? Mm, absolutely, Have a good week.
1: and and in 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 that sense, Brian is asking you to be specific about the province that you are actually calling from, so that he can direct you to some yeah. of uh, the people he works with in those different provinces. And to
2: all our listeners, a great we, a great uh, Easter. I hope you find Easter eggs, and also to our Jewish customers, uh, listeners, it's it's the start of the the Pesach, which is the Exodus from Egypt, falling the same time as Easter, so while we at home hunt for matzah at night, a uh, hide matzah, you'll be hunting for easter eggs.
1: Alright, Brian, thank you so much for that. And I think it's still Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan for, at the moment, uh, yes, yes. it's still Ramadan, so I think collectively, a uh, time of a lot of spiritual journeys and commitments and I don't want to get myself tied up in anything. <laughs> Alright, Brian, bye-bye. We'll see you next week. Uh, That's where we leave it with uh, Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. And as he said, when you call him, please be specific about which province you are from uh, so that we're able to give that kind of assistance.